0: Welcome back to Conversations with B. Season 2 is finally here. If you haven't caught up on Season 1, make sure you do so. We're starting off the new season with a bang. Our first episode deals with transitions, a theme that we can all relate to. So settle in and join the conversation. Meet Twambo, a transition coach, writer, and creative concept creator. She is the host of her podcast, Tea Time with Twambo, where she encourages listeners to ask themselves the right questions to get to the right answers. She's also the founder of The Confidence School, an online platform that helps individuals through transitions in their lives. Good morning, Tumble, and thank you for joining me on Conversations with Lilaby today. How are you?
1: I am doing really, really well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about the conversation we're about to have.
0: I'm excited too because as you know I love your podcast
1: (laughs) thank you so much thank you for always listening for always sharing for always hyping I really really appreciate
0: it oh no of course but we'll uh, get more into your podcast a bit later I think people who are listening might want to know a little bit about you so like in five words or less how would your family and friends describe you
1: (laughs) my family and friends would describe me as the person that's always asking questions always <laughs> i'm the person that's always asking but why how how come when um because i'm just naturally curious i like to know how things work and i just like to figure things out so in in five words or less Twumbo is always asking questions
0: that sounds so familiar because i think people in my life would say you're always questioning everything Mm -hmm. i remember being in like school when i was younger and someone was like um like my teacher got a bit irritated and apparently the feedback in a parent teacher conference was she's always asking questions (laughs) (laughs) oh well i guess maybe i was meant to do this for a living (laughs)
1: It's, it's such a good trait to have. It's annoying when somebody's really, really young because you just feel you don't have the time to answer the questions. But as you get older, it's a very, very important skill to have.
0: Yeah. All right. So can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and like your upbringing? Where did you grow up? What's your family like?
1: So I was born and raised in Lusaka, Zambia. I went to modern nursery school Well, I went to modern primary for nursery school. Then I went to Nkwazi for primary school. And I went to Roma girls for my high school. I was very active in sports. I swam, volleyball, netball. Um, And all in all, I like to think that I had a a really happy childhood. I have two siblings, an older brother and a younger sister. So I'm the middle child. I was your classic middle child who thought (laughs) nobody loved me or nobody loved. My mom didn't love me as much as she loved my brother and as much as she loved my younger sister. I think all middle children will understand what I am talking about. Um, My family dynamic, we are very, very happy people. We love to joke and laugh about different things. Um, I think we learn to find sunshine in in hard times because uh, my father died when I was really young. He died when I was seven years old. And my mother um, basically had the task of raising us. And she did that with joy that we had joyful moments and she taught us how to laugh at ourselves so even though we're really good at taking situations seriously we're also really good at finding light in dark situations because that's what helped us get through these situations so I would I would say I I had a pretty pretty regular Zambian upbringing I, I miss Zambia very much I'm living in Berlin at the moment and I have my children here and I would love to give them the Zambian upbringing as well because I think it was it was really, really special.
0: Oh wow, that's amazing. It's actually interesting because there's some parallels there. Like my mom died when I was ten and we were raised by my dad, and then there's three of us. I'm not the middle child, I'm the firstborn, but <laughs> I think I can I can see how you and my sister have something in common <laughs> by being middle children.
1: Yep. Exactly. I think your sister would understand exactly what I'm talking about. It's just—it's a special feeling.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you said you spoke about how you'd want to give your kids a, a little taste or like of an upbringing or life in in Zambia. What makes Zambia, other than the fact that you're Zambian, what makes Zambia special for you or to you?
1: Um, it's the freedom and the friendliness of the people. Um, I think that people think it's overrated or they never think about it until they leave Zambia. But the way that you're able to step on a bus and have a conversation with a random person, never having known their name and you can step off and, and you're on your way, that's something that a lot of places on in the world don't have at all. So I'm living in your mm. I'm living in Germany and their lifestyle is very, very different. German people are very, very different and you are not going to just step on the bus and just start a random conversation with somebody. You're usually talking to somebody that you know, or if you are forced to speak to somebody on public transportation, it's because you're asking for directions or they dropped something or there's something going on. And so what I miss is just that freedom of just being able to talk to anybody, the friendliness, you know, talk to people in the market, in the supermarket, people being free enough to ask you about like, so how are you? How is your day? You know, um, over here, it's like, how, how is my family? Do you know my family? Right. But back home, you're like, so how's the family? Oh, they're fine. You don't even know who they are. And it's these small things that I, <laughs> I really, really miss. I miss that. I miss the openness of the people. I miss the friendliness. I miss the sunshine. I miss trips around the country. You know, I've been privileged enough to see really nice parts of Zambia, and also visit, like, my, my father's side. So I'm Bemba, come from Kasama. I've been to Kasama, visited the villages there, my family's village. Been to Choma, my mother's side of the family. And I miss that life as well. I want to be able to show my children that, you know, sleep in the hut, no electricity, go pick up the water, um, wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning because you went to bed at 6 because you go to sleep when the sun goes down. Just that aspect of it, I would really love them to experience.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I don't have a family of my own in terms of, like, having kids, but I think, like, what you're saying, it's, like, being able to be in touch with your roots. I think sometimes, even though, like, we grow up here, we we love it, we have a great upbringing, you know, we rush off to university, which, if you're privileged enough, you go overseas for uni and like that's like been your dream, and some, some of us dream of settling down elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you do that, and then you realize how much you actually miss home and right. the different things that, that matter to you, how much you miss being able to speak your, your mother tongue with other right. people or how much you want your kids to just grow up knowing certain things about traditional culture.
1: Right, right. Um, language, food you know and as much as I try you know it's for example mango I'm a constant mango buyer here mango is very expensive here by the way but I buy it constantly and I know it doesn't taste the way it tastes back home where you pick it off a tree but I buy it constantly because it reminds me of home and I want to give my kids a taste of like yeah you can have this kind of fruit all the time if we were back home so yeah
0: yeah, well, I think that that's beautiful, though. So um, hopefully when things settle down, you guys can come down for a visit.
1: Looking so forward to it, you don't even know. You don't even know.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, you are the founder of The Confidence School, which is an online platform that helps people with transitions. Mm-hmm. So basically you're described as a transition coach Mm -hmm. or you do transition coaching what is that and how did you even get into that I don't think anyone's ever heard of a transition (laughs) coach or at least I hadn't
1: okay so basically a transition coach is somebody that coaches you when you're going through a change right so for example if you own a company and you are wanting to level up or you own a company with your friend and you guys decide to disband and you're trying to figure out what the next step is going to be. I am the person that comes to you and asks you all the pertinent questions. So questions about where you want to go, how you're going to do it. I'm your sounding board and I'm the person that holds you accountable for you know, where you say you want to go. I help you be clear on where you want to go and then we figure out how we're going to do it. So I'm your sounding board, I'm the person that holds you accountable, and I'm there to give you clarity. A lot of people think, oh, but I can just do that by myself, or I can talk to my friends. But unfortunately, usually your friends are biased, and you cannot do it yourself because you are afraid of some of the answers that you're giving yourself. There's a place that you're afraid to go by yourself. It's a skill that you learn once you go through a few sessions. Of course, you know how to do it as you go on because you become less and less afraid of your own answers. But a lot of the times people need a transition coach if they want to level up or if something in their life is changing. like They want to change careers. They want to change jobs. Their marital status is changing. Their relationship status is changing. And they just need that clarity and support to go there. And how I got into it. So I, as I said, I'm the kind of person that loves to ask questions. And I noticed that every time that I was in a job, every time I worked a job, so the last job that I worked officially for a company, I worked for Trivago, and I was in the brand marketing team. And basically, I was the the scriptwriter for all the TV ads and a creative concept um, advisor. So basically, people came to me when they had ideas for TV advertisements. And my job was to ask them questions to clarify, you know, what they're trying to say, how we're going to go get everything done, et cetera. And every time I had my, you know, every time I had my talks with my boss and stuff, he would say or they would say. That everybody on the team always felt that they could come and speak to me and that I was really great at guiding them for the next step, you know, and I had always been really good at this. And so I started working on becoming a coach. In the beginning, I was more of a life coach. So I was dealing with many different things, but my strength lies in transition coaching. And that is how I became a transition coach.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. So I think it's important some of the things that you said there, because there are so many different kinds of transitions. It's not always career. There's things that happen in your family life. There's things that happen, you know, all the time that we're sort of transitioning from and into. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important what you said, like, even if you think like, oh, why can't you just do it for yourself? Yeah. Are you going to hold yourself accountable? Right. Because I think that's something I struggle with is the accountability part is I always have these ideas and like these goals and whatnot. And then I like write stuff down. I'm like, okay, these are the steps that I'm going to take to get there. Right. But then I don't hold myself accountable for actually following through with the steps. Yep. And it's kind of hard to do. Sometimes you need someone who knows like, okay, this is the action plan. Now, let's see, are you meditating every day? If you said you want to look after your mental health or whatever, Mm -hmm. or have you been slack? Like sometimes you're going to slack. And if there's no one to say like, I don't see you doing this, but you said you want a a healthier lifestyle or you want to be happier.
1: Exactly. Or, you know, for example, if we talk about the career, some people feel confused about their career. They feel that they just need to switch things up a little bit and they're not clear on how to do it. And, you know, everything, any kind of change feels drastic and scary. They don't know what's going to happen next. Finding a right coach is great because you then find clarity and it's a step-by-step process. And so you are there talking to somebody and they help you become clear about what you want and where you can go. And I think one thing that people get wrong is that they think that a coach is there to tell you what to do a coach is just there mm. to draw out of you what you say you want to lay out the options in front of you and say, this is what it could be and then you decide what you want and then we hold you accountable to that so my job is not to tell you hey I actually I think that this is the career that you should go for you're the one that says well I'm good at drawing I'm good at writing I'm good at singing and I'm good at practicing law and then we go okay so what are the options right and then you decide i'm gonna draw okay then let's go with that what do you have to do in order for you to start your drawing career that is one important thing that i want everybody to know is that a coach is not there to advise you a coach is there to you know walk with you in the process with what you choose i think that's something important that people need to know and you're right There's lots of different yeah. transitions, and-, and it's an exciting field i really really like it
0: well, I mean, after everything you just said about Korea, I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, I've had like so many different things I've done and I'm currently in a bit of a, I don't know where I'm going next. Mm-hmm. So hmm, might have to <laughs> look at getting in touch with you about some transition coaching because it is actually really scary to like take that next leap if you've been in a comfort zone doing something for so long, right. but maybe like in my case, it might not feel as fulfilling anymore. Right. And, I'm looking at another opportunity, but I'm like, how do I get there? Right. right. You know?
1: Yeah. And I think many people are are there right now. You know, you find yourself in unexpected situations. You know, there's unforeseen choices. Sometimes you're forced. Sometimes you just have the choices in front of you. And yeah, transition coaching is just there to be like, okay, let's sit down. Let's talk this through. This is what you could do. What feels safe? What feels unsafe? Why does it feel unsafe? What are you going to do about it? You know, this kind of thing
0: now I know obviously you said you work with I would liken it because I've gone to therapy to working with a therapist in terms of they're not going to give you advice mm-hmm. or tell you what to do with your life they're there to listen and the things that you bring up and you on earth, they're there to help you cope with or figure out how to move forward with and deal with mm-hmm. um so my next question shouldn't be what advice do you have for people but I think it's 2021 now and that's an automatic transition for most people in their minds, because they're like, new year and me. People are making New Year's resolutions or setting new goals for themselves. And we've also had to be dealing with this pandemic that seems never ending at this point. Um, I guess we already, I guess, yeah. So the New Year is a new major transition, and the pandemic was a major transition for most people. Um, Is there anything, not necessarily as a transition coach, but anything, because on your podcast, you are quite inspirational to people, I think. Is there any advice you give people as they embark on the new year? Like, what can we do (laughs) to, like, I don't know, stay sane?
1: (laughs) That's a hard one because it's been hard for different people in different ways. So I think the first Mm. thing would be to identify how difficult it's been for you. Because people are just saying, oh, it's been hard, but like, okay, what, what hard? Is it hard that you didn't go, get to go outside? Is it hard that you lost family members? Is it hard that you lost income? Is it hard that you were not in a mental space? Because once you can identify that, then you know, you can go into the next step of what can I do about it, right? What has been the hardest mm-hmm. thing for you in particular? Is it the social aspect that you couldn't go and meet your friends? Because now you discover that you're more social than you thought that you were, okay. That was hard. You accept it, and there's there shouldn't be any shame in like, oh, I just I miss hanging out with my friends, whatever. It, no, you're a human being. You were meant to be social, so the social aspect was hard for you, okay. So what can I do since the pandemic seems to be ongoing at the moment, right? What can I do that I didn't do last year that could probably help me this time? Do I schedule weekly calls with my friends? do we set up like a game that we play online or something you know because people have also been doing this thing where they log in together and they play charades or something like that what is it that i can do to lessen the feeling of loneliness and to include my friends more in my life because what has affected me the most is not being able to be social with my friends so the most important thing is identify what has been the hardest for you is it social Is it money? Have you lost money? Okay, so what can you do now to earn money? Something that you can do online, something that you can do for people. Can you figure out a business that can deliver things to people? Can you get into e-commerce? What is it that we can do to make sure that you are starting to earn money? So number one is always identify what exactly was hard for you. And if it's five things, that's fine. Then we can find solutions for the different five things. So that's what I would say. First of all, find out what was the hardest thing for you and then what can you do to change that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. You you had me thinking about my, (laughs) (laughs) my difficulties that I had. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I haven't actually, I've spent more time being, irritated by them or being sad about them than actually going okay so what am i going to do to change yeah. it and i think sometimes we get so stuck in the feeling yeah. and in like the this is the problem and fixated on the problem but we're not fixated on finding a solution right.
1: and also identifying that feeling right like we're stuck on the feeling but we don't even mm-hmm. know what it is are you angry are you sad are you ashamed what is it what is it that you're feeling I think people need to learn this mm. ability to sit with their feelings and be like, well, what am I feeling? Am I just bored? You know? Am I needing attention? And there's nothing wrong with any of those things, especially needing attention. We shame people so much for wanting attention. And this is why everybody's going online and doing ridiculous things because they are wanting attention. But if you consider yourself, like, <laughs> you know what, actually what I want is attention. And then you figure out, oh, okay, I'm wanting attention. Who am I wanting attention from? Is it my friends? Is it my partner? And then you go from there. So identify the feeling and then you know what to do from them.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. Mm-hmm. So um, you did mention some of the common transitions that you've helped people through. So would you say that they're mostly career, relationship, like what are the sort of top ones that people come seeking guidance on so
1: it, it usually bleeds into each other, right? Sometimes people come for a career um transitioning and then it is more of like a mental emotional thing, or some people come for mental emotional and then they level up in their career as well because then they get this confidence and they're clear on what they want. So I've worked with people that are disbanding a company, like where do where are they going from there? I've worked with somebody that wants to buy a house and they wanted to get their, like their mind, right. You know, to, okay, I'm I'm going to buy a house now and I'm transitioning from living in an apartment to a house. I need to level up my thinking and my money. Please walk with me through this. Um, I've worked with people that are, yeah, basically wanting to, to figure out what they want in a relationship, right? I'm transitioning from being on these streets <laughs> to wanting to be in a relationship, um, how do I do that? What do I need to ask? What do I want? So I would say at the top three would be, you know, changing careers, um, relationship kind of thing, and also motherhood, you know, because I'm a mother and the transition between not being a mother and then being a mother is also really, really hard. Um, and so I do speak to, to people that have become moms and just make it a little bit easier to transition, you know, into, into that role
0: yeah and i'm sure that's actually a major life shift i mean i don't have children but i've got friends with kids and stuff and you see like even just when you look at your own family members and think about when you saw them being mothers or your own parents sometimes you realize like oh mothers can very often times like lose themselves in just the role of caretaking and looking after the kids and That's the only identity that they feel like they have, but they forget, you know, you were a fully formed human being before Mm -hmm. the kids. So it's like, you know, how do you figure out who you still are or have you changed even though you have kids? Like, who are you away from actually just being a mom, which is not the only thing that you're doing and the only thing that you're good at.
1: You're the same, but then you're also different. And I think that's so great about Mm. our generation now is people are talking about their experiences in motherhood. You know, I think that our, our parents and their parents before them never really talked about the struggles that they were having, or maybe they talked about it between themselves. But now the voices are amplified because you can now get online and read about it, read Instagram posts about it, podcasts, etc. of people talking about how parenting is hard for them, you know. And I know that old generations think that people are just whining and they should just get it together. Um, but there is something in having a group of people that feel the way you feel and they can sort of, um, yeah, you know that your feelings are valid if you hear that somebody else is also having a hard time and you know that you're not going crazy. Cause I think that's one thing that motherhood does is that when you're having a hard time and you see people that are taking all these like mommy and me photo shoots and their baby sleeping all through the night and, And that's not happening for you. You barely got up. You barely comb your hair. Your kid is screaming at night and you think, what am I doing wrong? And then when you finally hear that there's actually other people going through the same thing, it's such a validating feeling and it helps take the stress away.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think there is a kinship in realizing like you're not the only person in the world going through something. And if anything, 2020 was a huge example with the pandemic of like, oh, okay, so many of us are feeling like this. And then there was a group of people who were like, wait, we feel the opposite way. But people were able to have those conversations, be it on social media platforms and whatnot, and sort of find their their tribe or like-minded people and maybe find a way to like cope and get mm-hmm. through things. So, yeah, I think that's a very important aspect. Yeah. Um all right. So because it is 2021, I want to know something. I mean, I'm not like a believer in resolutions. I'm more about, I don't like to call them resolutions. I like to just mm-hmm. set goals <laughs> or call it. I can't remember. Like I used to have a word for it, but I can't remember what I called it. Um, but that's kind of how I like to start off my my year. What do you do or do you have any personal goals? Like, what's your tradition with embarking on a new year?
1: I lately have just been, I've just liked to find a word, you know, like what's my word for the next year? And I just kind of sit with it. And I, so I'm i am a Christian and I'll pray. And I'll say, Lord, what is my, what is the word for this next year? You know, and I just kind of wait and I listen. And my word for this year is just consistency. You know, just to be consistent in, in, mm. The things that I'm good at, um, the things that I know that I need to be doing, let me just do them and do them consistently. That's it. I don't put pressure on myself like, you know, I have to lose five pounds or whatever. I think for my mind and for me, it works better that, okay, if I'm eating well, I should just be consistent about it. If I am recording my podcast, I should be consistent about it. You know, just my word is consistency. So for some people, they make goals or resolutions. I pick a word. Well, first of all I pray about a word and then when I hear that word I'm like okay I'm gonna run with it and my word for this year is consistency so that's what I'm gonna go with that's what I'm running with
0: <laughs> I love it I like that idea and um, I of course for me even though I've been the last few months of the year and into this year I kind of fell off my all my consistency yeah. <laughs> I was consistently making healthy meals, consistently doing yoga and meditating. And then, you know, I think I just got like, I don't know, fatigue. <laughs> but hopefully I can also get back to being consistent. I think that's, that's a beautiful, it's a, it's a complicated thing to do, but it's also like a simple thing yeah. in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, you also mentioned your podcast. So you have a podcast called Tea Time with right. Twambo. Why was it important for to have a podcast or to put that content out there?
1: So Tea Time with Trumbo just began as me just recording myself having conversations that I wanted to have with other people. And that was us being able to just talk about our feelings, our insecurities, our thoughts, and to be able to empathize with each other. You know, I like to think of the podcast as me talking to people and really seeing them and letting them know that it's okay you know, to let them know your feelings are normal. Your, some of your feelings are justifiable, you know, and sometimes you just need to talk. So your feelings are valid. And Tea Time Rotombo mm-hmm. is a podcast that explores, like, these inner workings of our brains, of our hearts. And I discuss all kinds of topics, you know. And I find that when I just talk about things that I've been through, that people empathize with that more than if I just think, oh, I'm going to talk about this today and I'm going to read on it and then talk about it. It's so much better when I speak from my own experience. So, and sometimes people feel that there there isn't anyone out there who understands them when it comes to their feelings or their business. And I am there to let people know I understand and I see you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important that like you base it also in in line with things that are going on in your life or with personal experience, because when I listen to it, it definitely comes off as authentic, which is why I enjoy it. But also weirdly enough, like every time that I, it's your podcast and then my other friend's podcast, Wendy, who does Gracefully Speaking. Lately, like every time I tune into your guys' podcasts, it's literally like the thing I'm going through or like the hardship I'm dealing with or the one whether it's like a bad character trait that I'm trying okay. to overcome or something I'm trying to let go of in my life and then you guys are like speaking to it and I'm like okay yeah <laughs> the universe and like God oh, is like okay. working through these people to yeah. be like girl don't forget <laughs> you said you yeah, would change that's,
1: that's so great to hear you know people love to sh- you know they love to shove their feelings down but we all want to be happy and smiley and feel good but on the other side of of that to get to that there's just some muck that we have to work through and i like to think of my podcast as helping people work through some of that so yeah thanks for listening always
0: oh no uh, gladly it actually like really helps me and like makes me like reflect i like to do it like whether it's a sunday and i'm having like my bubble bath or when it's my alone time just that i also can have like my journal near me and write down my thoughts or how, like, it made me feel and, like, what is it bringing up for me that maybe I need to actually, like, address and work on. because so, that's the kind of vibe I've been in for the last three years is, like, a lot of, like, therapy and, like, self-evaluation and working yeah. on myself. So, for me, it's exciting. I like getting into, like, the <laughs> muck and dealing with my emotions and feelings.
1: I think that once you start to do it, you realize how important it is and you actually start to enjoy the process
0: yeah all right so really quickly before we wrap up and I ask you for all your information where people can find you I want to ask you just a few little random questions so the first one is what are you currently reading I'm
1: reading Dare to Bloom by Zim Flores so Zim Flores was the lady the Nigerian American lady who founded Travel Noir and she talks about going because she sold her company and now she's working on different other things and i just love her perspective on it it's called dare to bloom if you can find that book it's amazing a very pretty book as well
0: Ooh, i'm gonna find that book on my kindle Uh, i'm just getting overloaded with books at the top of the year because so many people have great recommendations but i do love to
1: read um
0: okay what do you miss from
1: pre-pandemic brunch (laughs) I miss brunch with my friends. I miss (laughs) bottomless brunch where you go and you start to eat and then it turns into champagne and it turns into whatever. I just miss brunch.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I also miss having a good connecting meal with everybody and just, like, being out and about, like, the whole afternoon or morning and, yeah, socializing (laughs) in that way. Also, just being outside of your own (laughs) four walls can yeah. be very exciting and that even includes right. the wall like here obviously in, in soccer, we have like gated housing or whatever we've all yeah. got a wall fence but even being outside of the yeah. wall fence. I
1: just, I, just <laughs> I miss that the going out and the meeting people and eating together yeah agreed
0: yeah okay so what did you actually find that you leaned into during the pandemic
1: I leaned into telling my friends and family that I loved them more and uh, that they matter telling my friends that you know you're good at this you're good at that um i think that that's something that we need to hear we need to tell people in our lives what they're good at celebrate people share more you know live with an open hand if people need links if they need books if they need money if they need give what you can give you know because It it comes back to you. It really does. It comes back to you pressed down, shaking together, running over. So telling people more and more that I love them and also just being more generous with resources and stuff like that.
0: Well, I have um, benefited from your generosity before. So I'll just say you're a very kind person. I also understand why you and Mukuka are friends because the two of you are, in my eyes, really incredible people who always are ready to help others. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um okay, so last question is what is your favorite
1: sound? My favorite sound is the sound of the Musio Tunia, the falls, um, when they're really, really full. That deafening that thunder, man, there's no sound like it. You just stand there and you hear that roar, it's amazing. That's my favorite sound.
0: Hmm. I yeah. like that answer. I like that answer. I haven't been to Livingston in a minute or heard the falls in a minute, but now you've made <laughs> me think about that noise.
1: Yep, that is my favorite sound.
0: Okay, so Twombo, wrapping it up, where can my listeners find you on social media, online? All the sort of website, IG, Twitter. Okay,
1: so people can I have a website, it's trulytwombo.com. Um, but I'm more on Instagram, so my handle would be Twombo, T W A M B O underscore K. And from there, if you look at the link in my bio, it will send you to all different things. Um, So I would say let's connect on Instagram because I'm there most of the time. I'm also on Twitter, but I'm more professional on Instagram. So find me on Instagram, T-W-A-M-B-O underscore K. And then we can go from there.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. And I'm definitely going to link everything into the show notes so you guys can check that out to find out how to get in touch with Twambo. I really appreciate you being a guest on Conversations with you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for your work. Please continue. We love your podcast. Your consistency is inspirational. So please jump back on that wagon and I'm wishing you the best.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You have a beautiful day. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Conversations with Leela B. Check the show notes for links to Twambo's work. Before we go, show a little love for your favorite podcast on Anchor by sending us a round of applause, giving us a star, and leaving us a voice message on Anchor. Who knows, you could get a shout out on the next episode. That's it for episode one of season two. Remember to look out for more episodes and continue to join the conversation. Until next time.